Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. To pick up a free audiobook download, head on over to audibletrial.com slash simpletheology. Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast linking theology to everyday life, examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane. And I'm Rick Gromlick. Hey, 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 hey. What's going on, man? Nothing. What's going on with you? I am enjoying a simply balanced grapefruit sparkling water, unsweetened, for those wondering. And the reason I'm explaining this to you, Rick, is because even though we know, uh, our listeners don't, we are coming to you guys over a Skype call because Rick and I are pretty much booked to the max it's at this jet, point. Jet setting around the world, you know. Uh, I mean, it, it's a it's a busy life, but it's one that needs to be led by somebody. Yeah. So Rob and I, we're just we're gonna spend I've the next got an few early days. Early private jet. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that is that a net jet deal deal or are you are you? Got no, your own, actually. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not that low in the tax bracket. <laughs> I've got my own jet. I forgot you. You live in like New Albany. You and Les Wexner over there just rolling in the billions. Uh, yeah, something like that. Speaking of that, would I have passed his? I don't house? live in New Albany. Well, yeah, you do. You do. You can you can check. I live in Westerville. No, I know what your 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 address says, but you're in New Albany. No, no, no. I'm in Westerville. My address says Westerville. I know, but what you don't understand is that you literally live in a development coming out of New Albany. No, 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 Rick. You see, when, no, no, no. when it comes to Here's where somebody lives, it's typically settled by what their address says. Right. And it just so happens that my address says Westerville. What's your culture? Your culture is New Albany. You know that. You know that. I don't know. No, I don't know. Definitely not. Not Def- when it comes to what, dude. Oh, the, av- so- the average household income is like three times what ours is in New Albany. What so, you exactly? What you said? What yours is in New Albany? So you live in New Albany. Cool. Yeah, in New Albany, so what's it like living in <laughs> a, such an affluent area where everyone has private jets? And um, I just, I'm really interested in today's topic and how you're going to try and relate to these people. Uh, yeah, you know, baby, it's just one of those things where if if I don't have a private jet, then how am I supposed to minister to those who are refugees and trying to immigrate into our country where they could someday work really hard and get their own private jet? Yeah, yeah that's a great point. You lead by example. That's what that's this right. is the American dream. That's right. No and you know what? A house, two we kids, and a dog. Simple theology. We are we're taking up an offering. Um, my private jet needs a little bit of, of maintenance work done. A new logo. So, yeah, if you just want to start giving to Simple Theology, there's a link in the in the show notes that you could find there. Um, I think we're just going to go ahead and start the giving around a simple four-digit figure, um, nine 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 nine. Uh, just a quick nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine <laughs> bucks. That's where we'll start things. If you want to go above and beyond that, then that's your own generosity, and I'm sure the Lord will bless you for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, or you can support um, me in my ministry to poor people. So um, you decide, Rob, Rob's jet or uh, reaching <laughs> poor. So I don't know. So no, for, those, just for those who are joining us for the first time, um, that's completely satirical, and 
I do not own, nor will I ever own, a private jet. And we kind of make fun of borderline those who do. So, uh, well, hold on to clarify. We don't really make fun of people who who uh, have a private jet. We make okay, fun of yeah. people who try to justify a private jet for With ministry. ministry. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's a good clarification. Thank you. Dollar. Uh, anyway, Joe Holstein. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm just gonna throw this out there while we're at this. On my desk down here, I have this uh, candle. Okay, this is an amazing candle. Got it. Called suit and tie. Is that what that said? Yeah. Dude, that's a classy candle. I know. It smells really good. It smells Why don't you get that thing lit? Masculine. You want me to light it up? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I Set want the, the listeners to visualize. I mean, not yeah. visualize. Mentally visualize and um, I don't know what you call it when they smell it visually. But, you know, imagine you're here. Imagine your <laughs> candles being lit, crackling of the wick. Yeah. Greg, can you just go ahead and, and show me that candle as it's lit? Oh, buddy. Can you see it? No, I can't. But let me see the suit and tie thing. Can yes. you see that? Let's see a smile in there. I want to see you with a smile. I can't see anything. You just put there the candle go. right in front of the camera. Let's see you. you. Let's see, see your. Let's see your face next to the candle. You smiling. Me able to see the suit and tie. There you go. I, I just did. I, I can't. No, no, no. Pull back. Pull back. Come on. Do me a favor. I'm just trying just to get a picture. Here. Try to get a picture. <laughs> Not an idiot. All right. So today we are talking about immigration and uh, just the of uh, a lot that's going to go into that. This is a hot topic culturally, understandably so. Um, this has been in the news in different forms for well for decades. But um, there's a big thing with immigrants and refugees from Syria a couple years ago. Um, the southern border has been headline political issue for for years and now there's a massive movement of people up to the southern border and so we're going to talk about some of these things but we know this is sensitive uh, territory we want to try to talk about it from a christian perspective what we believe the bible says about it we definitely don't feel like we have all the answers or have thought through everything but it's a current event and we want to try to bring some of that into um, our conversation because as we say, like our theology affects everything that we think and uh, whether we realize that or not. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, Rick, the Bible, I'm sure, says something about immigrants or, as the Bible would put it, sojourners. So if you've ever heard that term sojourners um, and wondered what that is, essentially um, an immigrant or a resident alien um, or a stranger to a land, so, Rick, let's let's kick this thing off. We've got a few verses here, guys. We're just going to kind of walk through them one at a time. Um, but we, we're we going to cover, I don't know, like seven or eight verses. But, man, as we were looking this up, there are so many verses, so many passages of Scripture where God is addressing the sojourner and he's addressing, addressing the stranger. And just as a little plug here, speaking of sojourners and strangers, if you're looking for a really good book— on the doctrine of the church. This is completely from what we're talking about, but the title is Sojourners and Strangers by Greg Allison. And even though it seems to be the same verbs that we're using with immigration here, um, it's a, a really great book on the doctrine of the church. So we'll, we'll put a little link to that in the show notes. But as we're talking about Sojourners and Strangers, I would be remiss. Far be it from me to forget yes. to bring up 
sojourners and strangers. I, w- I know that I would get personal emails, text messages, yeah. um, and, and probably a call or two from Greg Allison himself being a little bit upset with me for not promoing his book. So there you go, Greg. Take a step back. Get your hand off of the keyboard. I know you're getting ready to send an email. <laughs> There's the promo. You can send if, us a check. He wasn't just going to send you a... Yeah, take a big check, too. Or, um, hey, have you, on a side note, like, this is radio, we're authentic people here. Have you ever thought about sending, like, um, a link to our like, podcast to any of your professors from Southern? Yeah, I have, actually. Have you done it? No, not yet. I'm trying to, yeah, um... So I thought. I'm hoping that there are going to be a little bit more people listening before I do that. It'll be like, oh, yeah, it looks like nobody's listening. Um, maybe I... I don't want to, because what I was thinking about doing was letting them know, hey, we have a podcast. If you're writing this book, because I know one of my professors is working on systematic theology, and I've emailed him and asked, like, just to confirm, and he said, yep, like, I am working on it. And so I was going to use the podcast to say, like, hey, we would love to talk about your systematic theology um, on the show, and we'll we'll say all the things that we agree with it. We're not going to dog it on the podcast, because that would just be incredibly unprofessional um but i was thinking about using the podcast as a means to get early access to that sistio before it comes out so i'm still thinking about doing that but still waiting for yeah. the right time gotcha but to answer okay. your question no i haven't i haven't sent any professor yeah okay so um a couple of things as we kind of head into some scriptures about this topic of immigration Rick was completely uninterested in my answer <laughs> no like like it was good like there wasn't even where you go with that and, and two, the whole time you're talking, in case you hear any noise, like my computer is dying. So I had to like fish my um, charger out, move all my stuff, plug it in. Anyway, um, what it sounded like to me, Rob, is that you want to take no, the heart you know of the professor don't, don't, don't and me here. capitalize Let's just into on these that verses because you're a capitalist and you hate, um, yeah, any kind of social network, or social reinforcement, or safety net. Or, Immigration. That's what it sounds like because you're just a crazy conservative. <laughs> or immigration or immigrants. Or, or, throw, yeah. throw me under the bus there, Rick. <laughs> no. Uh, so Rob and I are not in any way – let me be very clear about this and kind of preface some of this, some of these things. We are in no way against immigration or refugees or any of those things. Um, I think as a country of immigrants and refugees – we should be the most welcoming, the most um, giving, and ready to help those assimilate to our culture without losing their culture. I mean, there's just so much there that is a beautiful thing that, as Christians, uh, we believe we can do well. We believe we can do that well because Scripture does speak to these things. And so, as we go through some verses, this is to help remind us what Scripture says about just the people, that these are people. Um, and how we're supposed to view them. So first up is Leviticus uh, chapter 23, verse 22. says, When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to its edge, nor shall you gather uh, the gleanings after your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. So this is a, a, a decree he gave to his people saying, Hey, Leave some extra for, for those poor and sojourners, a sojourner, someone who's traveling through the land, because he says, I am the Lord your God. Do this because I'm commanding it to you. And it's a way of showing um, grace to these people. Yeah, it's just amazing to see that that God, right from the get-go, like I, I think of our capitalistic society, and I, guys, I, I'm 
not against capitalism. I mean, Rick and I are very, very pro-capitalism. Kind of. What, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. like, that, like who, who knows how they're going to take that? Like, we believe in free trade, the, a lot of general principles of capitalism we would agree with. Why? Because we we agree to the, or we believe in the depravity of man. And uh, that's why that system works well, Yeah, I believe. Anyway. Anyway, um, but what I was getting at is that in our capitalist society, the idea of not not gleaning the whole field or harvesting the whole field, like you're missing out on profits there, right? Like the yeah. farmer, how much more could the farmer make year in, year out if they took in the entire field? And, and you know like that there's just people like people like myself who would just kind of round up those numbers and try to calculate them real quick and be like, man, if I – if I stopped leaving the edges of the field, dude, I could make 10% more. Yeah. And and it's amazing to see God here saying, hey, look, when you reap the harvest of your land, don't reap the field right up to its edge. Like, leave a little bit there. Nice candle, Rick. I see you holding that up. Leave a little bit there so that the sojourner, when they're coming through, they can grab some of it. And it's actually a really brilliant welfare plan, if you think about it, because they're not— gleaning it all and then saying put 10% of it or put 5% of it out in a barrel for people to just grab as they go by it's not a handout it's hey, it's there we're not going to take it if you're passing through feel free to grab it feel free to go over there and and grab from the field what it is that you need so just a really amazing welfare plan so in the other verse is Exodus 22:21 22, that says, you shall not wrong a sojourner or oppress him, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. And so God talking to the to the Israelites is saying, hey, look, the sojourner that comes around you, like, hey, treat them well, because you were a sojourner at one point in the land of Egypt. But yes. I brought you out of the land of Egypt. I did for you what you could not have done for yourself. And so when a sojourner comes around you, do for them what they could not do for themselves. Don't wrong them. Don't oppress them. Don't take advantage of them. But live with an open hand towards them. And ultimately, what we'll get at later on is that as God's saying this to his people, Israel, Israel, during that exodus from Egypt, is a foreshadowing of the exodus that we have from our bondage in sin. And so God's saying that to his people of Israel, but he's also saying that to us today, that we were once exiles. We were once strangers to God, yet he brought us to him. And so we should be that way towards others. Yeah, that's a great point. And Psalm 39, 12, this is, uh, David's talking about this. He says, hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Hold not your peace at my tears, for I am a sojourner with you. A guest like all my fathers. He knew his heritage and that they were sojourners as well, and that the Lord was sensitive to those things and heard their cry. I think yeah. for us, as, as we think about these people, I, I get this as Old Testament, but that doesn't change who God is, okay? And as we think about people, these are people created in the image of God who have needs. And, and we're going to kind of get into that stuff, so I don't want to get bogged down in conversation um, as we go through the verses. But it's just good to remember that um, throughout the Old Testament, a lot of God, time, God's people were sojourners and aliens in a, in a land, not their yeah. own. 
Yeah. But now speaking of Old Testament, now we transition to the New Testament um, in First Peter 2.11. It says, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, flesh which, war, which wage war against your soul. And so even in the New Testament, Peter is talking to those who were dispersed, and he's telling them, like, hey, even though you're in the New Covenant now, of the Mosaic Covenant, no longer part of the Old Covenant. You're now under the New Covenant, but you're still physically sojourners and exiles. And and so he's urging them, like as sojourners, as exiles, to abstain from the passions of the flesh. We don't lose this this status of being sojourners and exiles just because um, we're no longer in the Old Testament. Like for those who don't know Christ. Even today, post Old Covenant, like even today, they are still considered sojourners and exiles. But it's not until God opens our eyes and gives us ears to hear and eyes to see to embrace Jesus for who he is as Lord, as our Savior, and as our treasure, that we are then brought to God. And we then become friends and and daughters and sons of the living God, and we no longer are sojourners and exiles or strangers, but we are sons and daughters. Yes. Yeah, it's it's good that we remember um, our identity. Philippians 3.20 speaks to this. It says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And our citizenship, where we belong, is in heaven. So even as um, we are most probably most of our listeners are, all, are are in America, and we call ourselves Americans, but our not true... Pete. Not Pete. Pete, are you listening? Just you Pete. know he is. Pete, are you out there, brother? <laughs> yeah, so um, we identify as our heritage, the, the nation we're in, typically, but we need to remember, like, as awesome as this place is, and if you think it's awesome or whatever, I think it's pretty good, but even if as good as it is, I'm just passing. This is really not my home. And so to understand where my citizenship truly lies really helps me put perspective on what I value here in this land Yeah, as it's, well. It's, fu- it's funny to me that I feel like those who have been to, who have never been to a third world country view America in a really negative light. Um, but if you've been to a third world country and you've seen some of the, um, some of the poverty that is going on there, you come home and you realize, wow, this this place is really pretty great. Like, yeah, we have our flaws. America is not the the gold standard by yeah. any means. However, God has really been kind to us to give us what we have. Anyway, um, that was that you. was what that was Philippians three twenty, right? Yep, you got Ephesians. Okay, Ephesians, Ephesians two nineteen. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens. But you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. What a cool picture that we once were sojourners. We once once were aliens. I said this a little bit ago, but it's it's like it's so true. We were separated from God because of our sin. And now that he has brought us in, we're no longer considered strangers, but we're now considered citizens. And not only citizens, but members of the household of God. Like he, he brings us in and says, Hey, not only am I going to give you citizenship in my heavenly kingdom in the new heavens and the new earth, but I'm going to make you members of my household. 
And that is such a rich gift that we get, and by no means of our own, but simply because of God's grace. Did you just hear Neville bark in the background? Yes, I did. <laughs> Dude, he's downstairs. Neville. I'm I'm up in our room with the door shut, and he is downstairs, and that still made its way up here. Unprofessional, Rob. I he's mean, got a piercing bark. I can't help what? it. Take it. Put put him on your private jet. Keep him there while you're recording. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Zechariah chapter seven verse ten says, "Do not oppress the widow, the fatherless, the sojourner, or the poor." And let none of you devise evil against another in your heart. And this is a picture that um, that God's heart really does go out for the widow and the fatherless and the, the sojourner, the poor, those who who do not have the ability um, or the wherewithal to provide and protect themselves. Um, these are a vulnerable people group, and especially in in um, ancient history. They were super, incredibly vulnerable. Um, you lost your husband, you lost your parent, your father. You know, you were poor or traveling through your sojourner. You were at the mercy of society. There were no um, social safety nets. There, there was not a way of appealing and getting some aid. This was just you were at the mercy of the people around you, and this was the way that the early church just ministered incredibly um, in tangible ways is providing for these things. But we need to remember as we think about poor um, people, immigrants, people who are a, a lower you know, social class or economic class. Socioeconomic. We are not supposed to look down on them, but rather see them as Christ sees them with compassion and love and try and create ways to help um Lift them up and encourage them as well, and help meet some of their practical needs. Doesn't mean that we, you know, hey, give them, give, I'll just give them cash, and, you know, but definitely need to be proactive in helping them. Yeah, absolutely. So clearly, I mean, we've we've gone through a handful of verses, guys, and clearly, um, God has a heart for the sojourner. Mm-hmm. He has a heart for the immigrant, for the resident alien. And so, therefore, those of us who are in the image of God, who are made after God, and those who have been ransomed by God from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, whom we are now citizens and we're now households of God, being transformed into the image of Jesus, one degree of glory at a time, we too should have a heart and a love for the immigrant and for the sojourner, for the exile. But, Rick... With yeah, that heart. Yeah, Rob. <laughs> Does that mean we just open up our doors and let everybody in? Well, sure. Why not? That's a good question. Why not, Rick? I literally just asked you that question, so answer it. <laughs> yep, I'm trying to turn it back on you. Oh, Rob, you're a good politician. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. So we do believe that God has also created institutions to help us uh, govern people. And in Romans 13, 1 through 7, and 1 Peter 2, 13 through 14, talk about how we are to submit to the, the authorities over us, the governments over us that, that actually God has put in place, which is kind of a, an idea that can really wreck our minds because sometimes we don't agree with everything they do. Now, um, tiny footnote here, it doesn't mean that we have to submit to a government that is completely tyrannical or um, completely immoral. But overall, in general, we are to submit 
to those over us. And so we live in a country in, in the United States that have laws on immigration. We have laws about our, our border. We have laws about refugees. And so we think that we need to honor God by being obedient and honoring um, those laws. Now, yeah. those laws could change, and some of them, I mean, I'd say most of them do need to change. Now, what I'm not saying is we need to have open borders, and this is Rick saith, not the Lord saith, and not Rob. I'm speaking from, from personally, just my own um, views on it, is to be a healthy country that is just blessing and bringing in immigrants and bringing in refugees and helping them assimilate well, that means that we have to control how they're coming in, right? And so a big part of that is having a secure border. Doesn't mean it's closed. Doesn't mean it's locked down. It's just secured. And that's uh, just a conviction of mine. But when that happens, then we can welcome people in and help them to flourish. So there are um, structures over us, the government, that we need to honor in this process. Yeah, absolutely. And just to reiterate, I mean, you know, you spoke for yourself there, but I would I would second that. I mean, ultimately, we don't have a nation without borders. I mean, that's what determines one nation from another nation. And and to be able to distinguish one nation from another nation is actually good for people as a general rule, because then you can operate in such a way that is beneficial for the people that are in your nation and if each nation yeah. is able to do that then ultimately the world is at more peace however with what you said about immigration that's ex like that's exactly right is that we we do want to make sure that we're submitting to our government so long as our government isn't leading us to be disobedient to the lord i mean we submit so long as we're also submitting to god so if our government were to create a rule that would be clearly against what god commands then we would we would side with god would say with God's word. Well, not, and, not the and government. I, I would, and I would push back a little bit on that, just because you would side um, with America over, no. <laughs> over Jesus. Is that it, would, Rick? Would you say? Would you say? America. <laughs> America. Uh, Jesus no. was American. Yeah, yeah. He had he had American flag and he I, loved his guns and his freedom. All the, all uh, the all the pictures I see of Jesus. Wh are white, white Jesus. Jesus with. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> no, but what, what I was going to say is that, um, you know, when this when Paul is writing these things to these people, he's he's well aware that they're they are, are excuse me, they are under some unbiblical leaders. I mean, yeah. about Rome and, and these things and, and submitting to to the authorities over them were, were not good people, were not Christ followers, were not uh, really doing good things. I, th I think there's an element where you have to, even though um, you submit to them as long as as best you can, but your loyalty lies with obeying God. So yeah. it, it, when those intersect, where you can no longer submit and obey God, that's a problem. Then it doesn't mean, hey, let's all get guns and and take back, um, you know, drain the swamp, so to speak. <laughs> but let's. How do we then act as Christians in a faithful way to God primarily, respecting and loving those over us and praying for the people over us? Yeah. Um, yeah, so absolutely. anyway, it, no, it gets really well complicated. That's but, essentially but what I was trying to say, but you just said it way better. Thanks for that, Rick. Hey, I'm here for you, Rob. Hey, you know what, Rob? That's that's literally why I'm on the show is because you have a lot of good thoughts, 
Um, but I'm just trying to sharpen what you're trying to say. You just kind of word vomit, and I just pick up the pieces and make it make it look good. Yeah, because that's definitely what I get Thanks paid for that, Rick. to do. <laughs> that's right. No, no, but I think it's it's important for us to take a, a kind of a gut check. Like, hold on, um, what kind of government did did was did Paul tell his people to submit to? Like the Roman it, it, Right. It, it wasn't like, you know, Abe Lincoln and Ronald Reagan here, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, so anyway, yeah. moving on. So, uh, okay. So we've now looked at a lot of verses. We've all um, heard what we just spoke about and we've talked about, like just touched on real quick, the Syrian refugee crisis and all these people um, at the Mexican border that are heading up north. And so with every doctrine, it should fuel our head, our heart, and our hands. Yes. So, Rick, let's hop in here. Rob? How how should this understanding of what Scripture teaches on the immigrant, on the sojourner, on the exile, how should that fuel our confidence or what we know in our head? Um, as far as what, like how we should behave. Nope, that's that's the hands part, Rick. Sorry, see, sorry. We got a template here. It goes it goes head. I'm, I'm gonna get back to the parts, notes here. <laughs> Let me get back to the notes. And then okay. and then hands. Like okay. it's it's typical Baptist fashion, three points with all starting with the same you, letter. We call Baptist. that alliteration. Um and anyway, you guys should copyright that. We start off super with rich. head and yeah. then we I move see, into the heart where, where the yeah. convictions and the emotions are, and then from there we move into our, our conduct with the hands. So if you've if you're understanding that that template, <laughs> yes, Rick. How should this fuel? What was the question? Oh. <laughs> like I was just trying to get you to reiterate the three things real quickly, and you went like on a tangent. Um, our head, yeah. So how should it affect the way we think about things? As we know, just as Christians, we have been shown immense and sacrificial hospitality. Um, we should do likewise for those who who need that. Um, we need to know that there was uh, Christ has loved us well, and He's called us to love others well. Um, that's a that's a head thing. We need to think well about these things. We need to think about logistically about these things. What's it look like to bring in immigrants? What's it look like to to bring in refugees? And not just say, "Hey, come on in, great times for everybody." but to really think through those things so that we can bless and steward well the opportunity we have. Um, I think we also need to think, hey, are we being obedient to the government and the laws of the land? So that's the first one. Yeah. Are you so want me then, to answer all these? Or are you gonna, like, nope, you nope. I'll, I'll, move, I'll, move into, I'll move into the next one, heart. So ultimately, and we, we've already hit this, but ultimately it should, our affections towards the exile and towards the stranger should not be um, disgruntled annoyance. It Absolutely. should be it should be love and it should be hospitality. I mean, one of the qualifications for an elder, um, those who lead the church, and we know that the qualifications for elders um, is primarily the qualifications for or the standards that all Christians should live by. But elders, they want to make sure are living by them. But one of the qualifications is hospitality, and so we. As followers of Jesus, should reflect the way that God has treated us, and should reflect the way that Jesus has brought in His people. Uh, I mean, we read that the Pharisees were really upset with Him because He ate with sin- ate with sinners, sinners and tax collectors. Yeah. And so well, He was. Go ahead. 
no, I just I mean I just say like there's there's a, a piece where we we show hospitality but we appreciate them, but there should also be a a brokenness um, as we seek to to bear their burdens with them and, and I, I know maybe not all of them are, are brothers and sisters in Christ and that sh- shifts a little bit, but we should really I mean our hearts should break that these people have lost so much that they have gone through so much pain and um, I don't mean just kind of like try to like sympathize with them but really begin to have our heart, our heart a soft heart towards um their situation yeah yeah no absolutely um and then another thing like in terms of things we should be feeling we should be viewing our possessions the things that god has given us land materials money um whatever it is at, we should view them as gods because ultimately they are his and he has allowed us to steward them. We should steward them well and to seek to use them in ways that glorify him. So, Rick, we've gone through head, which yes. is what we think, like what we're confident in. And then mm-hmm. we've gone through heart, which is our convictions. And I know you wanted to jump the gun on hands, but I'm going to uh, go ahead. Now that we're here, I'm yeah. take hands. How should this affect our behavior? Um, well, just get out your checkbooks, fellas, and, uh... Drain those check. bank accounts. That's right. Give that check. No, I mean, there's definitely, uh, a good argument to be made that we should be giving financially to help the, those in need. And this could be, maybe it's just through your church who, who help out in these things. Could be with your, through your denomination, could be through a non-profit, could be, um, through a religious organization or, or not. I mean, I think we need to be giving of our resources in that way if you can um be above your your tithes and offerings to your local church um but also we have to understand we are so blessed um even even like literally even though the the lower income demographic of our culture have more than most of the people in the world so no one really gets off in this uh, this part about like giving and leveraging what we have to help those in need for some people i mean it's it's very um, you're sending down maybe physical things, uh, clothing, food, that kind of thing. For some people, it's it is writing a check. For some people, it's opening up their home. It's inviting in. For some people, it's volunteering, um, and maybe an English club thing with immigrants or refugees. And a, a big part of it is seeking those around you and trying to just build relationships, trying to understand their context, and. Um, trying to do your part to be like Christ to them. Um, but your ha- it has to be all three, your head, your heart, and your hands. If you try to engage just one, you're, you're missing out, and you, you have the temptation to be legalistic. So, yeah, these are, these are great ways that you can get involved, um, understand that God, man, God's got a heart for these people. And that's the thing I keep... As in conversations about the the, they say around ten thousand immigrants coming up to the heading up to the Mexican border. I mean, it's political here. It was a political motivation when they were sent out. It's been funded. I mean, there's no doubt it's being funded by political people. Um, but the thing is, those people are people created in the image of God, and we as Christians need to value them, love them. And do our best to to help them. Does it mean that we let them all in and, and and do all those things? Not necessarily. Does it mean that we we have some kind of obligation or responsibility to 
to do something there? I, I would say so. Um, I don't know what that is, but I feel like we have a responsibility there because they are creating the image of, of God, and we need to serve them and love them. And that's my thoughts on hands. Rick, those were great thoughts. Thanks, Rob. And appreciate that. I am perfectly fine with just leaving that right there because that was good. Um, Rick, if you want to close this out. Well, actually, I'm going to add one thing. Yeah. And I was, I was thinking about adding this, and I thought maybe not, but I'm going to say it. And it's not like we're certainly not a political podcast. However, yeah. as as Christians living in a country where God has given us the ability to vote— um, use that vote. Vote for candidates that um, care about the things that God cares about. And look, hear me. I'm not saying that you should you should vote for one party or the other. Um, I think all cards on the table. Rick and I tend to vote more conservatively. Um, however, you should even when you're picking your candidates, whether you're on the left side of the aisle or you're on the right side of the aisle, you if should you're be America. Lying. <laughs> you should be lining it up with what God says is valuable, um, not necessarily what your political party says is valuable. And so I'm just going to say that, even though that might upset some people. Um, but I think it I think it plays into the hands aspect in that us living in the country that we do live in. That is one way that we can take this and put it to practical use. Yeah. And uh, with that prayer. I mean, we need to be a people of prayer. Prayer for the refugee and for the immigrant. Prayer for our, our nation and, and what's going on politically for our leaders. Good and bad, we need to be a people of prayer. Yeah. So, hey, if uh, you've liked today's episode and you think someone else would, please share it. Um, you can always leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you guys. You can leave us a review as well. Um, we love to give shout-outs. We love to cover topics that you suggest and if you have a topic to suggest or you want to communicate or contact us you can do that at facebook um at simple theology or on twitter at simple theology underscore you can always check out our website simpletheology.org and there you can support us through our patreon page simple theology we have some amazing listeners and amazing supporters and we we really do we, we mean it we appreciate you guys immensely you guys rock. And hey, real quick, we do have an Audible trial, so if you do want to hook up the show and help us out a little bit without... Why are you giving me that look? I thought they, I thought that was gone. No, we still got it going. Yeah, you sure? Yeah, I am yeah. sure. Because you, you totally told me, you, you said it was done. Nope, that was something else. I'll tell you we're about this conversation <laughs> another time. But if you want to help us out and you don't have any cash to give, you could actually go over to audibletrial.com slash theology. Sign up for a free 30-day trial. You'll get a free book to keep forever. Um, free audiobook, I should say, to keep forever, even if you cancel your trial. Um, but hey, I think you'll actually find some value if you were to keep it, because if you're just riding in the car and you want to dig deeper into some of these things, you want to dig deeper into some theology, then get a good book. And while you're driving to and from work, put that thing on. I mean, listen to it at one and a half times speed. Listen to it two times speed if you want to get through it faster. <laughs> But shoot, man, what a great opportunity to, to soak in some good, solid information uh, while doing what you otherwise would have been doing, driving to work or doing the dishes or mowing the lawn. So check that out, audibletrial.com slash simple theology. Peace. Out. <laughs>